This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome back, witches and wizards, to another episode of the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Benetamaria, followed by my two co-hosts, Courier7 and Nina Kitty. Hello. And this week, we are going into the dark arts, the dark side of magic, to go over a specific, very forbidden magic. Horcruxes. The Horcrux. Yeah, and if you watched or read uh, Haplid Prince, you will understand why these specific magic is very forbidden. And we are going to get right into it. So to summarize a Horcrux... A uh, Horcrux was an object in which a dark wizard or witch had hidden a fragment of his or her soul in a, in order to become immortal. As long as the object remained intact, uh, so too did the soul fragment inside it, keeping the maker anchored to the world of the living, even if their body suffered fatal damage. The Horcrux was considered to be the by far the most terrible of all dark magic. That means they're worse than unforgivable curses. That's saying something. It is saying something. I mean, you're literally damaging your soul, though, so I guess... Which, yeah, and which we will get into why that's a bad thing, too. (laughs) Uh, So Horcruxes could only be created after committing murder. Uh, The supremest act of evil, as it means to tear the soul. The process of... For the creation of a Horcrux involved a spell and a horrific act that performed soon after the murder had been committed. And given that Horcruxes were pr- uh, precious to those who made them, they were usually protective measures made to prevent them from being stolen or de- destroyed, such as counter charms and curses. Horcruxes were also extremely durable, therefore only the most powerful and potent elements in magical spells of the wizarding world could destroy them, such as Basilisk Venom and Fiendfire. Yeah, um, just in the summary alone, bad stuff. Just, just bad. Don't do it. Don't, don't do <laughs> it. And yeah, don't, don't. Um, so... For the Horcruxes, so we have the origins and the uh, documentation. So the first known Horcrux was created by Herpo the Fool in ancient Greece. The only other known creator of the Horcrux was Lord Voldemort, who had very likely the only person to have successfully created more than one Horcrux. So this alone right here and tells you before Voldemort, like when he was in school still, before he even created his first one. Only one other person did this. Back in ancient Greece. That was mm-hmm. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So this is like the BC era mm. of mm-hmm. like, you know, the world. And the guy's name was Herpo the Fool. Foul. Foul. Sorry. Herpo the Foul. Fool. Foul. Yeah. F-O-U-L. He just sounds like a terrible guy. <laughs> yeah. Herpo the Foul. Mm-hmm. So, and then Horcruxes were originally conceived as the being of a singular act, uh, as such is unknown for many centuries, uh, what the attempted creation of multiple Horcruxes would result in, as nobody thought it was possible to accomplish such an act. However, Voldemort planned to create six Horcruxes in the hope of splitting his soul into seven pieces and would make him stronger than crafting one due to his belief in the power of the number seven. Mm-hmm. So... He created six, and then if you include himself, that's seven. Yes. And seven is a very, in mythology, in religion, and in multiple things in the world, not just like in the wizarding world lore, 
the number seven holds a lot of power. Yes. Typically, very powerful with, number, very important. Mm-hmm. Typically, mm-hmm. dealing with like you know Christianity, and then um, I think if is it correct me if I'm wrong, is it in the other religions in the Middle East as well? I'm not sure. I know it is in Christianity. I want to say it is in Islam. But I could be completely wrong. You know, I'm not 100% sure, honestly. I don't know. Like, yeah. that's probably something for my other co-host, Teacup, from Holocron. Mm-hmm. He has a background in religious stuff, so. Yeah. I don't I don't have a background besides retail work. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so, the nature and concept of Horcruxes were so terrible that they were kept secret from most of the wizarding world, and very few people were ever made aware of their existence. Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry banned any sub- study of the subject of Horcruxes. Albus Dumbledore was particularly admit and fiercely strict in enforcing this rule. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I would imagine so, dude. Um... Hence, hence the person you taught. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. It's just not really good yeah. magic to know and to use. No, no, not at all. Um, mm-hmm. And then very few books, even re- revolving around the dark arts, would mention Horcruxes even the slightest detail. Magic Motus Evil, a book that contained much information in the most advanced dark arts, barely skimmed the subject of Horcruxes as a subject so evil that it should be not be spoken of, showing that even many dark wizards and witches were horrified by them. And that's Just another... the spelling of the name of that book alone shows you how old it is, since most yeah, has it's... an E, and then evil has an E at the end of it, and magic hmm. spelled with a K, a CK. It's, it's very uh, Latin. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, and just that that book, and then also like Dark Wizards and Witches of all times, mm-hmm. don't even go around do, using this magic, using the dark arts, is also saying something. Yeah, saying the two people who did make Horcruxes are the worst of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, specifically one, Herpa the Fool. Yeah. We don't, I, we don't really have a whole lot of like info on him, but still Mm -hmm. so in fact only one book was known to provide specific instructions on the creation nature and consequences of horcrux secrets of the darkest art this book was once held in a hogwarts library however due to the book's extremely dark and dangerous nature albus dumbledore later hid it away in his office when he became the headmaster of hogwarts it was believed that tom riddle had found the information necessary to make a horcrux in this book before dumbledore managed to get a hold of it which it's I mean, quite wild that they hold it in a school with kids. I don't know. Yeah, like, to me, it could be like locked away in the Ministry of Magic, like down in one of those vaults that they have, right? Or you know, Green Gods or something. Put it in Green. Yeah, Gots. even Green Gods. That would be perfect. Yeah. But yeah, like, just it, to have it sitting in a school <laughs> with kids wanting to know knowledge and like you know, <laughs> I mean, it would make sense. This is how Tom was aware of it and how he asked Slughorn uh, mm-hmm. later, like, when we find out in Half-Blood Prince, and how he came across it, because Dumbledore wasn't headmaster at the time when uh, Tom Riddle went to school. Right. It was, um... Oh, the headmaster's name is escaping my mind. Um, but Dumbledore at the time was a professor, just a standard professor for uh, Transfiguration. Um, Because this is after his time as a professor for Defense Against the Dark Arts. Because that was his first Mm -hmm. teaching job. And then he was fired and then rehired. But as a transfiguration. Wild. So, yeah. Um, And then, no document in existence has information regarding a single individual creating multiple horcruxes. As no wizard before Voldemort even thought of attempting such a feat, he only dared to when he asked the experienced Horace Slughorn for an expert opinion under the guise of the idea of creating more than one Horcrux being only in theory. And, I mean, let's be honest, Horcrux, uh, not Horcrux, uh, Slughorn, like, he's smart, but he's not, like, common sense smart. No. Tom was far too charismatic for Slughorn's 
own like made to tape. He was yeah, he definitely was. Yeah. And he he knew how to play into Slughorn's ego, if that's anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so now we move to the nature and the creation of a horcrux. So to create a horcrux, a wizard first had to damage their soul. This can only be achieved by deliberating committing a murder. This act, said to be the most supreme act of evil, resulted in the metaphysical sundering of their own soul. Only a true, deliberate, and a conscious act of murder against another person without any regret or remorse would suffice to rend that soul. Killing out of self-defense or to protect another would not work and neither would a mercy kill. So, like, you literally had to be, had to the desire and cold-heartedness to specifically kill someone. To like damage, a serial killer. To, yeah, it's, it's literally serial killer vibes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Which, obviously, Voldemort becomes, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he sure does. <laughs> so, a wizard who wished to create a Horcrux would then use the damage to their advantage by casting the spell which would sever the damaged portion of their soul and encase it in a designated object. The object used to contain the soul fragment could be just about anything, even a living being or creature could be made into a horcrux. However, creating a horcrux out of an inanimate object was preferable as it uh, decreased the chances of being of it being destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it's also easier to like hide. I mean, it could yeah. be like you could right. you can make a Horcrux out of anything. Now, obviously, the Horcruxes we only know of is the ones Voldemort creates, and he had a specific like reason of what he created as a Horcrux because they all had ties to the founding members of Hogwarts or to his own personal like life. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you could make a penny. A horcrux and you can like throw it in a river and no one will find it or you could just use a nokia phone because that that's or yeah you can use that. a nokia phone and like it can <laughs> that won't be destroyed ever because they're hard to kill <laughs> god and that just reminds me have you ever watched one of those like giant super shredders that will like shred anything have you seen it try to destroy a nokia phone because it takes hours before it gets down to where it actually destroys it because the because the phones were just so well made a brick they were just a brick of i don't know hard some, plastic I and i don't know hard what kind plastic. of whatever plastic they Design. used it worked <laughs> mm-hmm. but um as long as the object remained intact the soul fragment inside uh would live on keeping the maker anchored to the living world, even if their body were to take fatal damage. If the maker's body was subject to fa- uh, fatal conditions, they would continue to exist in the living world as a non-comporeal shade form, uh, similar to a ghost, but technically still alive. Now, this we actually do see at the end of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone, wherever you're located, we see this when Harry defeats and kills um, Quill. Quill. And mm-hmm. we see Voldemort's like ghostly head and escapes and whatnot. That's what it means. Like he his like physical body that he was latched on to Quirrell dies, so he becomes a, a non corporeal shade. Mm-hmm. And then, according to Horace Slughorn, very few would want to live in such a form, and death would be preferable to most. He personally found the concept so dreadful that he wished that not to know the process of creating such a vile object. Although there were there were methods of regaining a physical body, such as using the Philosopher's Stone to produce the elixir of life, or by brewing a rudimentary body potion, followed by a regeneration potion. And then, according to Secrets of the Darkest Art, the only known way to truly reunite the pieces of the soul contained within a horcrux or horcruxes was for the creator to feel a genuine regret and remorse of what they had done to make them. The process, as I said, had been extremely painful, even potentially fatal to any who did so. 
I'm assuming that's all theorized because yeah, because I don't we know, don't unless... see it, and also like yeah. the one person who did create multiples and physically use Horcruxes mm-hmm. had no regret whatsoever. Yeah, he he doesn't oh. feel compassion. He doesn't oh. feel regret. He doesn't feel remorse. He well, I guess it's it. It doesn't say that like Herpo the Fowl and Lord Voldemort are the only two people who have made Horcruxes. Well, so maybe true. somebody made There's one. Those are the only two then... recorded people that made Horcruxes. There's only two right. people we so... know of that they that that has ever been documented. Mm-hmm. So for all we know, there. I mean, yeah, other people, other wizards or wizards could have made Horcruxes, but we just don't know. Mm-hmm. To where we maybe like, but this is also in a book, which a lot of the book is also theory. Correct. Because that would many be people try biggest. not to do this because they don't want to split their soul into shatter pieces. Yeah, that's not going to be good. And then Horcruxes were said to be essentially the opposite of a person, where a person's container, their body, could be destroyed without any damage to their soul. The fragment of the soul contained within a Horcrux was dependent on the container for its existence. If the container was destroyed, so too would this fragment of the soul within it be. And then, as a fragment of the Maker's soul, or Horcrux seemed to retain the identity of its creator at the time of its creation. Voldemort, for instance, created a Horcrux his diary during what presumably was his fifth year at Hogwarts. As such, the fragment of his soul contained within the Horcrux took on the appearance and mannerisms of Voldemort as he was when he was 16 years old. Mm. Yeah, I mean, oh. that makes sense um, on how, the, how that works. Because, I mean... You're taking a part of yourself at that point and splitting it off. So he, right. he can't be a full, like a 35 year old man, essentially right. being split. Yeah, that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Which now remind, like, now that I think about it, when did he act Slughorn? What year was he in when he's asked Slughorn? If this was his fifth year, was this his, during that same time? Or was it during his fourth year? Slughorn had, uh, okay, I don't remember. Slughorn had that special... Uh, he had the Slug Club. People, right, and um, you had to be a, of a certain um, age or a certain grade to be in it, and it might have been fifth year, because it wasn't until later. Yeah, it, sh- it would have probably been fifth year, I would think. So okay, he probably so it have been probably the same, same exact year. year. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now we have multiple Horcruxes. So it was indeed possible to make more than one Horcrux, and as long as at least one was intact, then the maker would remain unable to die. However, creating multiple Horcruxes rendered the soul unstable and liable to break apart on its own if the creator of the Horcruxes was subjected to what would normally be fatal conditions and lost their physical form. For instance, Albus Dumbledore explicitly stated that Voldemort's soul had become so unstable that it simply broke apart when Voldemort tried to murder Harry Potter for the first time on October 31st, 1981 in Gold- Godric's Hollow. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because if you... It's just like, um, say you take a cup and it starts, like, you break pieces off bit by bit eventually the entire thing's just going to shatter. Mm-hmm. Um, You're going to lose the yeah. structural integrity of the object. Yes. Essentially and, the soul. And, yeah. and that's essentially what happened when he tried to kill Harry for the first time. Mm-hmm. His his entire body just ex- shattered because of he, he <laughs> tried to... Yeah, he basically exploded. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and it is stated at one point that Voldemort had already pushed his soul to his limits. In creating his multiple horcruxes, this implied a finite number of horcruxes any one person may create before the process becomes too dangerous to attempt again. It is also implied that the creation of a horcrux used a set amount of the soul, and that this amount had to be the same every time the process was undertaken. However, it was also to be noted that Voldemort unintentionally split his soul into eight pieces when he had intended to render only seven. So what the true limit 
is on the number of horses one can create is truly is not truly known. Maybe it has yeah. to depend on how big your soul is or how much energy you pour into who you are as a person. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, I mean, Maybe. who knows? I mean, we I don't mean, really get like a mm-hmm. a gauge of like one's soul, like per se. Yeah, not in, not in the wizarding world. You don't really get no, that. But, I mean, no. I guess it would just be characteristic and mannerisms and who the person is and stuff like right. that would gauge it. But. Mm. But uh, now we have their destruction. So, if all Horcruxes were destroyed, the anchor that kept the Maker bound to the living world would be gone, and the Maker would be mortal and killable again. Destroying a Horcrux required that the object containing the soul fragment be damaged to a point beyond any and all physical or magical repair, which in the case of living replicants uh, meant that they must be killed. However, Horcruxes, by their very nature, appear to be extremely extraordinary durable and seemed completely impervious to miss physical destruction methods and magical spells which we do see this in the deathly hollows um where like the locket they try to use multiple spells on it just didn't do jack to it and even mm-hmm. uh nagini the snake like they fired multiple spells and nagini did nothing nope yeah. just invincible almost where was I? Oh, uh, only the most powerful and potently destructive magic and processes could truly destroy them. Furthermore, as a safety measure to protect one's immortality and precious soul fragment, the creator would usually place powerful enchantments onto the artifact to help prevent damage. The only things known to be capable of destroying a horcrux was the venom of the basilisk. Uh, the most fearsome and deadly creature in the wizarding world, and fire, fiend fire, a dangerous advanced dark charm that produced powerful enchanted flames that were required extreme skill to control. Which uh, we do see that fiend, we do see fiend fire in Deathly Hollows Part Two, where um, one of Malfoy's minions use it in the room requirement and like the flame becomes alive but then he can control it and it like literally burned everything burns up yeah and it oh, burns that was a really cool scene <laughs> and it burns the um uh horcrux into oblivion basically and then we also uh i believe dumbledore uses fiend fire in haplet prince with the um inferne inferni mm-hmm I think, that, that's, I think that's Fiend Fire. I think it's Fiend Fire, but I could be wrong on the spell on that one. Mm-hmm. And then, so the Killing Curse could also be used to remove the foreign soul fragment from a vessel, uh, though this way is seemingly only seen used on a living Horcrux. It is so unknown if the Killing Curse would work on an inanimate object Horcrux. The touch of a sax. The touch of a sacrificial love was also effective in destroying a pseudo horcrux. Professor Quirrell, who at the time was being used as a vessel to house Voldemort's main soul piece. So this is where, like in Sorcerer's Stone, Harry has like he's blessed and he's like he basically has a charm on him from his uh, mom's love to where mm-hmm. if he touches Voldemort he burns and starts getting in pain. Yes. And then, uh, although it should be noted that Harry Potter was never an intentional horcrux, and so the killing curse may have not worked on a proper in, 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 in inanimate horcrux like Nagini, uh, one should also consider that Harry Potter had previously been exposed to Bassus Venom, and saved through the speedy administration of Phoenix Tears, resulting in the soul fragment within him also being saved, and was under the protection of sacrificial love. So that's a lot of layers. <laughs> there, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of things here to where you know. Um. So we in Deathly Hollows Part Two, where you know Voldemort hits Harry with the Killing Curse, and he doesn't die. It kill. Mm-hmm. It just kill. It literally destroyed. Voldemort's uh, Horcrux within him. So what? And this basically comes down to what actually killed the Horcrux. Was it the Killing Curse itself? Was it also, or was it like 
the combination of the killing curse with the basilisk venom and the phoenix tears was it also you know with his mom's love like there's so many different like thing it could be all compounded of all these things that destroyed Mm -hmm. the horcrux within him but we don't know we just know it was destroyed so it could have been chipped away by all of them essentially because i know the sacrificial love was kind of became kind of mute as this um as voldemort like like when voldemort took harry's blood and was reborn it kind of like yeah it was like they canceled each other out to where he wouldn't get hurt and he could touch Harry without being damaged. But then also Harry was exposed to Basilisk Venom and then also was saved by a Phoenix, which Phoenix tears heal anything. Right. So who knows? Yeah, I guess it could. Yeah, I guess it could literally have been anything. And then uh, when a Horcrux was damaged to the point of destruction, it may also appear to bleed ink in the case of tom randall's diary and a dark blood-like substance in the case of ravenclaw's ditem uh and a scream may be heard as the soul fragment perished obviously in the diary instance we actually do hear tom scream in pain Mm -hmm. because he's physically there um Mm. the ditem we do hear like a scream when it's like pushed into the fiend fire yes and then it is unknown if the creator of the Horcrux would be able to sense that their soul fragment was destroyed, although Dumbledore stated that in the particular case of Voldemort, he would not feel their loss because his soul had been split too many times and had been in the state for too long. Now, this is, I do have a thing on this, and we see it in the film. I don't, in the book, it's not really mentioned, but in the film, they kind of like portray that towards like, Harry, Ron, and Hermione were like destroying the final Horcruxes. Voldemort could start sensing them because there's so little of them. I don't know if you know. Yeah, so that. he like, wasn't when, so spread apart, right? Because when like they mm-hmm. destroyed the diadem, like Voldemort actually felt it like shatter. Hmm. Yeah, that would make sense, kind of. But I think that could be just like you know a film adaptation of it being a thing. Yeah, that's more drama. Yep. So, um, but at this point, we're going to take a short mid-break, and we will be right back. Alright, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of the Wizarding World. And at this point, I just want to remind everybody you can support us on uh, patreon.com slash wizardingworldlorecast where you can get ad-free episodes or even join us once a month on an episode of uh, your topic of your choosing. We can talk about Hogwarts Legacy, theories in the films, the books, or anything upcoming news. Uh, because we are going to be getting upcoming news this Friday when this episode drops. When this episode yeah. drops, it is Return to Hogwarts Day. So, ex- And there will be a live stream to talk about all the upcoming stuff that will be coming for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and all things Harry Potter. And mm-hmm. I will want to let people Ooh. know they do have the Hogwarts Express that does run from over in the UK and like... Um, some of the countries, the Scotland and all of them, like the Hogwarts Express actually does run during Return to Hogwarts Day, which is really cool. And I will also remind, tell you all that we might get might be getting a third park in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal. There oh. is talks of them adding a third addition to Universal Studios Orlando. And with this addition of a third park, we might get be getting a third section for the Wizarding World. But that's all up in the air. I don't know anything about the park. I've just seen leaks and rumors. So take that at a grain of salt. And you can also support us on uh, Spotify or Apple. If you leave a five-star review on Apple and with some words, we'll read it out loud on the show. And if you read, uh, leave a nice comment on an episode on Spotify, we'll read read it out loud on the episode and i do have one this week it is from our last episode so our salazar slytherin episode from daddy bat knight 
So, <laughs> this is all in joke, by the way, I will mind you. My house is last, and you open with how much you hate him. You oh, judgmental shit. Gryffindor, laughing emoji, winky face. <laughs> um, yes, yes, Betty Dunnight. I have no regrets and no remorse on giving Salazar's Lutheran hate because I'm sorry, he created literally the worst people in the wizarding world. Let's be honest. He sure did. He Let's created Voldemort. Like, <laughs> literally. Like, Voldemort is part of his family bloodline. Yeah. Yes, I I don't like him. Now, I hate him, but he's not my most hated character. My most hated no. person in the Wizarding World will forever be the pink son of a biscuit that is Dolores Umbridge. <laughs> I will... Oh... Yeah, I mm-hmm. uh, don't like her. Um, I have words and not kind words that I can say on this show. Because <laughs> I like to have, I like family to friendly. Ha- I, yes, I try to have this as a family friendly co- podcast. Okay, yes. um, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, but you can also find us on a few different discords. We can, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net, and also uh, our own Discord at Ben and Friends Podcasting, which the links are in the episode description. We have channels for this show as well as my other shows that I host, Holocron Histories and the Final Fantasy Lorecast. And then, as well, you can find us live every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, on my Twitch channel at Ben of Tamaria. Is there anything else you guys want to add? No. No? I think so. Okay. Well, with that being said, we are getting back into more Horcruxes. Okay, now that we're back, we have the powers of a Horcrux. So, the main purpose and power of a Horcrux was to anchor the creator to the mortal realm for the sake of achieving immortality. As long as the least one Horcrux existed, the creator's soul would be bound to the world of the living. Hence, if the body was destroyed, the soul would remain in a lingering spirit instead of passing through the other side. Though being in such a state of existence was what very few people would prefer over death, the soul could possess others to regain physical form, which shortened the host's lifespan drastically. It is also possible, through a second second party, to use certain potions to create a rudimentary body, or even the true body of a Horcrux creator's soul to possess. Because of this purpose, a Horcrux is usually kept hidden and dormant, and other powers were rarely explored or utilized and so we do see the whole like host body like rudimentary body and all that because we see this in goblet of fire uh in the book and the film where voldemort is in like a weakened state but he's like his soul is in a rudimentary body but then they use Mm -hmm. a a dark art regeneration potion essentially to form him back to where he should have been right so the fragment of a person's soul within a horcrux is capable of thinking for itself and had certain magical abilities including the ability to influence others in the vicinity and affect them mentally when Ron or Harry, Ron, and Hermione were carrying Salazar Slytherin's locket around their necks in 1997, it brought out the worst in the trio by making them moodier, more prone to fighting, and slowly darker aspects to them began to appear, especially in Ron, as he carried the locket much longer than his friends. Mm-hmm. And that's where we see, you know, the big fight between the two. Harry and Hermione spend more of a bonding time together which should have sparked something else but that's a whole thing that i don't want to get into let's be honest they should have been together rather than harry and Ginny. yeah rolling even said that she was a little sad about that but it's fine right and i was like don't no you can't come out and say that when you've already written the whole thing i mean you can have regrets as you go along but true i get it i get it and then, however, when away from a Horcrux, its influence and effects would begin to wane and then disappear from those influence or return to their normal selves. As soon as after leaving Ron, 
uh, came into the senses and regretted his actions. They were also unable to summon their patronuses while wearing the locket since the soul fragment inside was darkening their thoughts. A person with an affinity for the dark arts and having a malicious disposition, on the other hand, would be strengthened by the influence of Horcrux as Dolores Umbridge was wearing Salazar Slytherin's locket. She just became an even better villain. <laughs> mm, I don't. Mm, nope. Not oh. going to get into it. Um, All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, if a person was more emotionally vulnerable and was in a physical contact with it for long enough, it is possible for the soul inside the Horcrux to con- take control of them. As Jenny Weasley was put in the trance-like state during her first year at Hogwarts, while in possession of Tom Riddle's diary, in fact, Voldemort took advantage of this possessive power over Jenny to reopen the Chamber of Secrets, using the diary as a weapon rather than a safeguard. Which, I mean. If you have the chance to do it, go for it. But I'm not saying it's a good thing to do. But he had the opportunity to use his diary as a weapon. I I mean, yeah. He had to carry out his legacy. That's he did. What he was doing. Don't do it though. Don't 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 no, don't open a chamber bad. of secrets. <laughs> don't do that. Um, and then. It, if given enough time and opportunity, the Horcrux could drain enough of the victim's life force and soul to manifest itself into a more physical form at the cost of killing the victim should it continue to completion. This quasi-sentient entity that was capable of sapping life force to create a physical form differ from a mere memory, which the diary's manifestation claimed itself to be, as no more charmed object could achieve such as feet though Lucius Malfoy thought it was what the diary simply was. Ugh, there was a lot of words in that. Mm-hmm. And then, in this way, a Horcrux could generally feed on another person's life and negative emotions to strengthen itself and increase the ability of the soul fragment within it to act independently in the physical world. The best example of this was the case of uh, the... T.M. Riddle's diary for decades, the diary lay dormant in Lucius Malfoy's possession, doing nothing other than safeguarding the soul inside of Tom Riddle. And then when Jenny Weasley began to transcribe her fears and insecurities into the pages of the diary, the fragment of Tom Riddle's soul contained within was not only able to write back to Jenny, but eventually drain enough of her life out of her to actually manifest itself in a semi-corporeal form and work magic with Harry Potter's wand. You know, I never put that together, but it really makes sense that Ginny basically fed life to the Horcrux. So I always wondered why that one specifically you could see Tom Riddle mm-hmm. at, as the fifth year, where none of the other ones obviously had anything, even like the locket hanging out with your best friend. Like, it didn't do anything, but... This one, like, I think if you're feeding it... And that's also the fact that out of all the Horcruxes, this is the one that you can physically interact with more so because you're physically writing in it. Yeah, I guess that means... Yeah, Compared to the other ones that. where all they're, like, wearable objects or stationary objects. Mm-hmm. This just proves that power... That words have a lot of power. Keep that in mind. True. Yes. And then, likewise, Slytherin's locket slowly gained power when it was in possession of Harry, Ron, and Hermione in the months prior to its destruction. It can be theorized that the locket gained somewhat less power from them, not enough to for Riddle to fully manifest, but still enough to speak and create illusions. Because Ron, Harry, Ron, and Hermione were actively resisting the locket's influence instead of bracing it, uh, as Ginny had done with the diary. On the other hand, Horcruxes, which had been isolated for long periods of time, such as Hufflepuff's Cup and Ravenclaw's Ditem, were very passive by comparison and took no real measures to protect themselves. Even Slytherin's locket was fairly inert, uh, inert when it was additionally discovered in the cabinet in the drawing room at 12 Grimmel Place. It displayed no power and gave no indication that it possessed superior magical properties. 
and then Horcruxes also possessed some last line of defense against destruction. The fragment of the soul within the Horcrux seemed to be able to sense independent threats and could act and defend itself. For instance, Southern's locket visually taunt Ron Weasley with visions of his deepest fears, hoping not only to prevent him from stabbing it with the sword of Gryffindor, but also to manipulate him into killing Harry Potter instead. It even attempted to strangle Harry when it was close to obtaining the sword with an end of piercing the locket. Yeah. True, if you all remember that from part one. That was the really weird, awkward scene in the entire film. I mean, it yeah. wasn't awkward for the viewer. It it was awkward for the actors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all those scenes were awkward for all the actors because they were all they all grew up together, and they all treated each other like brother and sister, and it was just super weird. It was yeah, super weird. So, however, this form of defense may not be uh, viable if the soul fragment is questioned, not given enough strength or chance to retaliate. As while Harry opened the locket with a apostle tongue before allowing Ron to attack it, both Hufflepuff's cup and Ravenclaw's item were swiftly destroyed the moment the trio were given an opportunity. And then aside from its self-defense mechanism from the soul fragment, a horcrux is usually enchanted by the creator to have some forms of defense to prevent destruction. Marvolo Gaunt's ring contained a deadly curse that would kill anyone who touched it. At least Salazar's Saloon's locket was unbreakable by even half uh, house elf magic. And then Tim T.M. Riddle's diary was completely waterproof and impervious to spilled ink. Hmm. So, yeah. And then now we have side effects. So, to create a Horcrux was to divide one soul, the essence of self, and it was therefore in the creation of Horcrux that one fell prey to Albert Walfing's first fundamental laws of magic, which initially stated that tampering with one's soul inevitably resulted in grave side effects, creating Horcruxes was considered perhaps the far most, most dreadful act possible. So, we yes. have different side effects here, starting with this. Dehumanization. So one of these most such side effects was the dehumanization effect that the manipulation of one's soul has uh, was said to have. The more Horcruxes one created, the less human they become, but emotional, both emotionally and physically. For example, the house elf uh, Hokey's memory, Tom Riddle, was initially shown to be hollow-cheeked and pale-skinned, but otherwise normal. Though ten years later, his features looked as if he had been burned and blurred, and his skin was extremely white. One should note that it was unclear whether the red eyes and slit-like nostrils that Voldemort had after he was reborn was caused by having more Horcruxes than he did when he applied for the dark Defense Against the Dark Arts position for a second time, um, whether were characteristics of a person who had been resurrected with the help of serpents, which had continued playing the key roles of his revival, or whether due to any other alterations he had made him to himself, Dumbledore speculated that Voldemort w underwent other damages, transformations, as well as creating horcruxes, which resulted in Voldemort's hideous appearance. Yeah, I could get behind that idea. Yeah. I think maybe just using the dark arts in general and like it just took a huge it's just toll like, on his body. It, like um essentially it or like Similar to like Star Wars, if you use the the dark side of the Force for so long and so often, and like it starts corrupting your soul and it starts corrupting mm -hmm. your body. Yes. Hence, yeah. you get like the like red, yellow it. eyes, and yeah. like you like you start becoming more pale. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Something I feel like, like that. that's pretty common across the board. Is when you start doing dangerous, dark things to yourself, like you're gonna affect how. Your health, essentially, like your mm -hmm. body's health. Yep. Yeah. And then we have instability. So a third side effect of Horcrux creation was that a ma the master soul itself became unstable, even creating just one Horcrux. So for example, the creation of Voldemort's sixth Horcrux, or seventh, Harry Potter, is known to be the direct result of this. When Voldemort was hit by a backfire killing curse at Potter's home in Godric's Hollow, it caused Voldemort's soul to split, with one fragment immediately seeking out the only other living thing in the room and latching onto, onto it, 
Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. The rest of Voldemort's manipulated soul fled. However, the parasitic fragment of Voldemort's soul had attached to Harry did not make him a true Horcrux since it was not created intentionally and the necessary parts of a Horcrux creation process were not carried out. Notably, Voldemort appeared to be entirely unaware of the split as he later created a seventh Horcrux in the quest to to this uh, to have sex and continue and continue to target Harry Potter despite him now holding part of Voldemort's own soul. Hmm. Although I do wonder that which soul comes. So if you if you destroy one of the Horcruxes, like is it the one that was first made that would be your main soul again, essentially? Because like mm. if he. And part of his main soul went to Harry because it latched there. Which one brought him back? And then, like, does it go in an order of how they were created? Like, that's a good question. I the, see. I don't know. Um, I mean, we don't yeah. really get all that info of Mm-mm. like, like the specific order of which soul would like bring him become from, the new from, main. Yeah. Like, yeah. And 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 no. I'd imagine it goes by last of first, I would think. Last of first? Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. If Probably, you no, know, it, please it, let me know. <laughs> it, no, actually, it wouldn't be last of first because Harry was like one of the last ones he created. And unintentionally. It would have been last. Yes. So, so I don't know. Who knows? So we now also have Limbo. So the final known side effect of a Horcrux creation was a possible inability to move with, move on from Limbo after death. This was seen when Voldemort's killing curse destroyed the part of his soul that resided in Harry Potter. This broken and mangled piece of soul was forced to uh, exist in the stunted form of a frayed and mutilated baby that Harry saw in King's Cross during his visit of, to Limbo. Unable to return to the land of living as a ghost and unable to move on to the afterlife because of the soul was maimed and corrupted, the creature also appeared to be a constant agony and struggling merely to exist, as it was said to have been gasping raggedly for breath and crying in pain when Harry observed it. And that was also like a very disturbing thing to see just saying you weren't expecting it no like just if you no didn't read one. the books you really weren't expecting it no no you read the books and it's like oh okay that's weird and then you go and watch the films like oh oh that's what they <laughs> meant uh and the same fate was implied to have been suffered by voldemort's main soul piece the one that inhabited his body is unknown if this was a standard fate mated out for all horcrux craters or it was a unique to voldemort due to the number of horcruxes regardless reconciliation apparently cannot occur after death as the horcrux bound fragments of voldemort's soul did not recombine with the primary fragment in his body when they were destroyed as such the greatest of all consequences result in cured by Horcrux creation may be the possibility of eternal limbo of the soul. Voldemort's fragment also appeared to possess only the awareness and intelligence of the infant they appeared to be. So, mm-hmm. that's meaning in that from just gathering from that. So when Harry finally finished off Voldemort at the very end of Deathly Hollows, in or Deathly Hollows Part Two, if you see the film. When Harry finally destroys him, you see him like flake off and become into dust. His yeah. soul doesn't go to the other side. His soul is in limbo forever. Hanging out in purgatory. Yeah, essentially. He's in purgatory for the mm-hmm. rest of his internal life and will never escape. Nope. Yeah, that's a big no no. If you watch anything that has to anything with do with limbo, like supernatural or like um What's the show? Um, Sleepy Hollow or anything like that. It's not a fun place to be. No, it's not a fun place to be. So, um, so we do have a list of known Horcruxes. Obviously, they're all from Voldemort. So we have uh, Tom Riddle's Diary, Morvolo Gaunt's Ring, Slytherin's Locket, Hufflepuff's Cup, Ravenclaw's Ditem, and Nagini. And then we also have a pseudo Horcrux, which is Harry Potter. Um, there was a whole thing about like Voldemort's history with the creating them, and it's like honestly, you can just watch the films; you see all this. Yes, I, I'm not going to go deep into Voldemort's history more because 
we see all of his history. Mm-hmm. So now we have some etymology. So the word horcrux may be comprised of whore or whore, Old English and Middle English, meaning dirt, evil, impurity, and crux, or crux, or Old English, meaning container, a pitcher, or jar, which would be therefore mean container of evil. Uh, Alternatively, horcrux could be seen as a combination of shortening of horrible and crux, meaning the cross in Latin. In this sense, a horcrux would be something that of a follower of the cross would regret as uh, regard as horrible. Uh, on the other hand, whore could be derived from the French whores, which means outside this horcrux would con- would mean something that outside what is permitted under the cross. And the Greek whore means boundary, which could refer to the boundary between life and death. Latin crux could also lead to the words such as cruelty or crucify and excruciating, uh, meaning pain or torture. Uh, which may describe either the experience of ripping one's soul apart or the terrible deeds that must be performed in order to create a horcrux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun stuff. Um, and then last but not least, we have behind the scenes. So, J.K. Rowling stated in Pottermore that Professor Quir- uh, Cornelius Quirrell served as a temporary horcrux when uh, Voldemort's soul possessed his body during Harry Potter's first year of Hogwarts. A notable difference, however, is that the piece of soul within Quirrell was able to exist without its container as it abandoned Quirrell and left him to die in the underground chamber as due to being the master soul that serves as the awareness and consciousness of Voldemort's psyche. And then based on this, the animals that Voldemort's inhabit during his years of exile, such as rats and snakes, could also be considered temporary horcruxes. J.K. Rowling knows exactly what the process of creation of Horcrux, but has yet to reveal it. All Rowling has revealed is that the spell is performed along with a horrible act, horrific act. The information was initially planned to be revealed in the Encyclopedia of Potterworld. And the likelihood of of the incantation, incantation uh, to the spell is revealed is very low, as Rowling said that she could not possibly tell us some things are better left unread in the interview on july 30th 2007 smart and then jk rowling described the invention of the horcrux as comparable to splitting of the atom something that people imagine might be able to be done but couldn't quite bring it off and then and then people start doing it with sometimes catastrophic effects the atom bomb yeah and then in an interview jk rowling stated that why the horcrux within harry wasn't destroyed after he was poisoned by the basilisk in the chamber of secrets she replied fox's tears mended him before uh he could be destroyed beyond repair oh so fox helped keep the horcrux within harry alive yeah, doing something good with bad results. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, regardless, Harry would have died regardless with Basilisk Venom. Both would have perished. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the only horcrux that Harry personally destroyed was the uh, Tom Riddle's diary. Even though it was the only one clearly stated to be sent uh, for the mission, also he did not even know it was a horcrux at the time. Volorgon's ring was destroyed by Albus Dumbledore. Slytherin's locket by Ron Weasley. Hufflepuff's cuff by... Hermione Granger, Ravenclaw's diadem with fire or fiend fire that was conjured by Vincent Crabbe, Nagini was killed by Neville Longbottom, and the fragment within Harry was nebulously destroyed by Voldemort himself. In the film abda- adaptation, however, the diadem is stabbed with Basilisk Fang by Harry and then kicked by Ron into the oncoming fiend fire. Oh. Oh. And then, of the seven horcruxes Voldemort created intentionally and not and unintentionally, four of them were destroyed during the Battle of Hogwarts along with Voldemort himself. In fact, inside from Salazar's Limbs Locket, all horcruxes were destroyed within Hogwarts ground, either during or before the aforementioned battle. 
In the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the only Horcrux mentioned are the diary and the ring and the locket, leaving Harry with no direction in the film adaptations of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. In addition, Ginny hides Harry's potion book when, while Harry closes his eyes as well as kissing him in the very first time, and there is no ind- indication that Harry sees the diadem. There has been controversy of the fact that in the films, Harry, Ron, and Hermione do not have any leads to find the remaining Horcruxes apart from the locket. However, in the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Flat Blood Prince, it is shown that the Horcrux will leave a trace of dark magic, which gives the person who touches the Horcrux visions and association events and other related Horcruxes. A scene in the sixth film shows Harry touching Melvorgon's ring and experience a flow of high-speed visions, including Tom Riddle screaming in agony possibly due to the method of ripping his soul, and Nagini, one of Lord Voldemort's horcruxes. This is also stated in Steve Clove's script for the film. This would ultimately lead Harry, Ron, and Hermione to know most, if not all, the horcruxes in the film versions of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. So, it's just, you know, plot holes in the writing. Yeah. Which you're going to get, because... The books are f- extremely long. Well, they're novels, so they're like six, <laughs> five hundred plus pages, and they yeah. have to condense that into a two to two and a half hour film. Yes, you you're are definitely going to lose some stuff. All the films are literally not even half of the book Mm-mm. of that that they're a part of, except for Deathly Hollows, because you, you get like half the book because it's in two parts. Only two parts. And then uh, a person who is a Horcrux also seems to possess some of the creator's abilities, such as Harry Potter being able to use Postletongue, which is one of Voldemort's inherent ab- abilities. It also creates a mental link between the two and strength, which is dependent upon the strength of the creator. For example, when Voldemort was weak only and only in spiritual form, Harry could only sense his presence when he was able to be close by and feel his anger. But after he returned to somewhat body, this expanded a bit into the occasional dream vision of things happening with Voldemort. After Voldemort turned to full power, this like expanded to that Harry got full visions of in his dreams of the, what Voldemort was dwelling upon, but the link could also be two-way, and Voldemort was able to use it in, in legitimacy to implant a false vision in Harry's mind. The link was able to shut off with occupancy in the part of, of one of the two with the link, but as the Oxman slips, the link can be reopened. The only way to sever the link completely and remove the abilities the Horcrux gives is to destroy the Horcrux itself. Mm-hmm. So, in which we see. Because after Voldemort destroys the Horcrux within Harry and Duffy Hollows, Harry stops having pains and issues with his scar and also stops seeing visions. Because yes. Voldemort's no longer alive. He is a limbo, forever dead. <laughs> forever. Uh, is uh, debatable if the killing curse can destroy an inanimate hor- uh, Horcrux, although given the extreme measures Harry, Ron, and Hermione had to go through to attain passless venom, destroy the Horcruxes they found during the search, it seems unlikely. It is also possible that none of them were capable of performing the curse as successfully ex- Executing an infernal curse requires dark intentions, making it nearly impossible for non-dark wizards to do. And according to Dumbledore, Voldemort was preserving the creation of his Horcruxes for significant deaths. However, this stands to the uh, to be another one of Dumbledore's uh, deductions being wrong, as Voldemort had used a Muggle tramp and. Albion peasant to create two of his horcruxes with no known significance for the two. However, Dumbledore were on, only knew the certain of two of the murders committed to create Voldemort horcruxes: the murder of Mooney Myrtle, which is for his first killing to create the diary, and the murder of Tom Riddle Senior, his father, for the Gaunt uh, Ring horcrux. Both of these murders were very significant, but turns out later that Dumbledore was incorrect that the, all horcrux-related deaths were important ones. And the J.K. Rowling exact definition of a Horcrux is a receptacle prepared by a dark magic and where the dark wizard was intentionally hidden in a fragment of his soul for the purpose of attaining immortality. Oh, there's a lot of behind the scenes for this. Yes, there is. 
And then the concept of the soul container is not original to the world of Harry Potter. See uh, Soul Jar and TV Tropes uh, for more information, but most notably the concept of storing one soul in an external vessel is similar to the idea of a lich uh, popularized by the role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons. A lich is a spellcaster who is stored with their soul within a vessel called a phylactery and preserved death. Yeah, there's that. So they took things from D and D, which doesn't surprise me. No, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then it's unknown whether a dark wizard protected by a horcrux could still be killed uh, by being thrown through the veil. It's also unknown whether a horcrux could be kissed, be kissed by a dementor, therefore presuming destroying it. Just a little bit more. We have so just a little bit more behind the scenes. <laughs> and, and interestingly, no one destroyed more than two Horcruxes, Count and Coral, and half of them were destroyed by someone other than Harry, Ron, and Hermione. This does not apply to the films, however, as Harry and Ron, to an extent, destroy the Dynam, which destroyed the crab, uh, which is destroyed by crab in the book. The majority of the people who destroyed one or more Horcruxes didn't know what they were destroying at the time. Neville didn't know the Horcrux. Uh, what Horcruxes were when he killed Nagini. Harry didn't know about Horcruxes when he destroyed the diary, and Voldemort didn't know he was destroying a Horcrux when he attempted to kill Harry Potter, and Vincent Crabb didn't know what he was destroying when he destroyed the Didum. Hermione, Ron, and Dumbledore all knew what they were destroying Horcruxes, which was exactly what they were trying to do. Ugh. And then the books previously established that Voldemort cannot feel when a Horcrux is destroyed. However, this was completely reversed in the movies. Um, that is the reason when he starts the journey of seeing all the Horcruxes are saved in the books. But in the movies, it's unclear if he even checks his hiding spots. So when Hermione destroys the Hufflepuff Cup, Voldemort, Harry, and Nagini all seem to be more momentarily incapacitated by pain. This also happens when Ravenclaw, Didum, and Nagini are destroyed. Clearly showing that the Horcruxes and the Master Soul feel the destruction of the others. Interesting enough, this only starts to happen when the cup is destroyed, as Harry does not react to the Locke's destruction, and Voldemort remains oblivious uh, when both it and the ring are destroyed. The reason for this is unclear, but it may be because the cup marked with the destruction of half of Voldemort's soul, presumably because Voldemort wasn't aware that his Horcruxes were being hunted until the cup was stolen. And then, in the fairy tale, the warlock's hairy heart, the main character of the story, stores his own heart outside the body via dark magic, similar to Horcruxes, and the both function and consequences. It was a feat considered impossible outside the storybook, and was probably a metaphor for Horcrux making, altered to that misguided readers may not try to imitate the exact process, but still similar enough to for virtuous readers to understand the story's uh, elope, or stope? I don't know what that is. Uh, this turns resemble to a Slavic tales of Koshki the Deathless. Oh. Little and more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't realize how much there was. <laughs> Uh, and then according to Dumbledore, when Voldemort's Horcruxes were destroyed, uh, his brain and magical power would remain intact. This was demonstrated to be true during the brief period of time between the death of Nagini, the final Horcrux, and Voldemort's final death. And then Bellatrix the Strange and Lucius Malfoy both never knew that they were each entrusted with a Horcrux despite being told to keep them under the strictest security. Furthermore, Severus Snape was unable to figure out Voldemort had created Horcruxes despite being told that a fragment of Voldemort's soul resides within Harry. In fact, despite killing, despite Voldemort surviving the first rebounding killing curse and telling his Death Eaters that he alone went further than anyone in the path of immortality, none of them were able to understand that he utilize horcruxes to achieve this this all suggests that even among the most devoted dark arts practitioners such as uh such as them they would not fathom that their master would dare to manipulate his own soul for the de- uh, sake of immortality the only death eater who successfully learned Voldemort had created a horcrux was Reg- regulus black and an and indeed, he, despite coming from a family that had quite affinity for dark arts, was utterly horrified upon finding out that he tried to destroy it. And then in season 12 episode, 
the one you've been waiting of the American TV series Supernatural, the mythical artifact containing the soul of Adolf Hitler, was described mm. as a horcrux by Christoph Nollis while explaining how it worked, which uh, protagonist Sam Winchester recognized it as a Harry Potter reference. Like a horcrux in the Harry Potter, it saved the soul of the creator to ensure the survival of the eventual return. And it is interesting to note that all Voldemort's Horcruxes were destroyed in the same order they were created, even all the way down to how Harry was eventually made a pseudo-Horcrux before Voldemort's creation of the Didum, uh, the Nagini Horcruxes. Harry allowed himself to be killed, quote-unquote, by Voldemort between the destruction of the Didum and Nagini being the last. Hmm. So Harry was, like, the second to last to be created. Obviously, he was unintentional. Yeah. Nagini being the last. Yes. Oh, but that is all the behind the scenes, and there was a lot of behind the scenes uh-huh. stuff for that. Oh my yeah. god! Uh, I mean, they. I mean, Harry Potter takes so much stuff from like different folklore and real world, and a lot of other TV shows take references like Supernatural. I mean, knowing that there's a Harry Potter reference in Supernatural doesn't surprise me one bit. There's also a Harry Potter reference in the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. I actually just finished reading it. It's really so good. But yeah, um, they it's if you've read the Dark Tower series, you kind of understand. But there's something called the the snitches and they're snitches, but they're actually little round bombs that are thrown. But they're called snitches in it and (laughs) it's a reference to yeah uh, it's a reference to that and there um there's another like cloak figures that look like uh characters from something else i want to say it's star wars but i could be wrong but yeah it's it's kind of fun that it has a bit of a reference but yeah even in that that's funny but um do you guys you guys have anything else to add on horcruxes Mm -mm. no no. All right. Well, with that being said, thank you for listening to the Wizarding World Lorecast. And remember, the wand chooses the witch or wizard. Thank you for listening to Wizarding World Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast. And you can email us at wizardingworldlorecast at gmail.com.